Today's episode is sponsored by the Flipped Learning Global Initiative. Take a look, see how we can help. BAM Radio Network. It's not because I'm afraid. Sometimes I am scared as hell to try something new. I know that you are traveling all over the world. You're publishing books. I mean, come on. You're really doubting yourself? Really? Yeah. Hello and welcome to Teacher's Aid, social and emotional support for the very personal challenges teachers face. Here are your hosts, John Harper and Mandy Freilich. Welcome to this edition of Teacher's Aid. We're talking today with Peter DeWitt about self-doubt. So welcome, Peter. So Peter, I want to thank you again for coming on. And I want to start right away. You are someone who has caused me to doubt myself. And I want to tell you why. I have been, yeah, it's not funny. It's not funny. No laughing. <laughs> it's not funny because here's the thing. I'm, I'm working on a book, but I've been working on this book for two years. And, you know, you and I box back and forth. And in the time that I'm still working on my one unfinished first draft of a book, you have finished one book and you're getting ready to publish another book. And while I say that somewhat jokingly, it does, there is a part of me that thinks to myself, well, damn it, Johnny, this guy's finished a book and he's almost done another one. How come you can't finish one book? It's stuff like that. I think it's so easy to look at others and compare ourselves to them. And it, it's easy to bring ourselves down a little bit. How do we get away from that? Believe it or not, John, it's something that I actually deal with too. Like I'll get on Facebook and I'll say, wow, they're presenting there. or Wow, they've got a bigger crowd than I had. And it's hard because what we see on social media, we compare ourselves to, and it might not necessarily be always real. And I think if we're going to do something about it, it means that we have to look at our own practices. So one of the things that I have tried to get away from is... I'm on the road every week. You know, we, we've talked about this before. And mm-hmm. I think what I try to do is I post less about what I'm speaking on or where I'm speaking. And I post more about some of the other experiences I might be having. Like, for example, when I'm in California and I get to see my nephews, if you're going to see a picture on social media, it's probably going to be of me with my nephew and his fiance or my other nephew, as opposed to me in front of a crowd speaking or something like that. I think that's one way I'm trying to not be a part of the problem. Now, on the other side, when you talk about the writing of books, I think what happens sometimes is that we forget about the fact that we're who we're surrounded with. So you are a guy that has a wife and two kids. I'm a guy that has a partner. I write when I'm on the plane. You don't always have the opportunity to write. You have a full-time job. This is my full-time job. Mandy, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, how do you deal with what's going on on social media and comparing yourself to that? Because you, you two are working on a book, but you're also presenting. You also have a family. I mean, how does this affect you? I've seen some of the same things, but the way it affects me the most is in the amount of things that I perceive other people as doing. So, um, you know, I, I see people are posting, I'm listening to this podcast and I'm reading this article and I'm reading this book. And I think to myself, why am I not doing all of those things? Why am I not able to manage my time in a way that allows me to do that? And then on the flip side, I struggle with balance. 
balance. Um, I have four kids of my own, so I so I'm I'm trying to balance them and and balance my day job and balance these other things. And so for me, I have access to so much information that I don't know how to deal with it all. Right. No, I'm with you because I see people that have these book groups and they have this and that. And I think I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm I'm working on writing, but I. <laughs> I haven't read a book in a while. I'm not going to lie. And I'm saying this on a podcast, an education podcast, but I'll say it. I have not finished a full book in a while. And I, I've started some, but I haven't finished them. And that's, you know, I see people, oh, I'm in this book club. I finished that book. You should read this book. Well, whatever. Shut up. I haven't. I'm trying. I have an intervention for you to help. What is that? If you, you sound nervous, John, what I'm saying. No, I'm not nervous. If, if you left um, shorter voxes, you would have more time to actually write. Man, are you with me on this one, Manny? Because I, I, I'm thinking, think about the time. Like, think about, you could be shaving off hours and you could do- dedicate that all to writing. So you forget that I know Jeanette's a master editor, so she's going <laughs> to edit this out. That's a good thing. I'll tell you what. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back to the one thing you said about how you compare yourself. I mean, sell me on that, because really, I'm thinking, I know that you are traveling all over the world. You're publishing books. I mean, come on. You're really doubting yeah. yourself? Really? Yeah. Yeah, because you have to keep in mind that sometimes we live by numbers, right? I'm a I'm a full-time consultant author. There are times that I look and say, are my book sales as good as everybody else's? And those kind of things, absolutely. There are times that I have deep insecurities. You know, you know mm-hmm. when I was growing up, I was a struggling learner, right? And uh, I always felt less than other people that are around me. So for me in this space... I think I still kind of go about things from time to time with that lack of confidence. Now, there are other times that I'm like, I'm in it, I'm focused, I'm ready to go, I'm good. So I, what I try to do is I try to approach all of this in the way that I used to approach um, when I was a long-distance runner, when I was competitive. It was less about the other people that showed up to the race. It was more about making sure that I'm doing the best possible work I can do in my own race because, you know, it's that old Nike slogan um, on a poster I used to have in my bedroom growing up, which was, you know, the only one you're competing against is really just yourself. So I try to remember that from time to time. But yeah, I absolutely have insecurities from time to time. So, Peter, what would you tell a brand new teacher who is? Um, you know, just starting out and they are in the classroom and they have amazing ideas, but are, are a little bit, you know, have that self-doubt because maybe of the teachers that they work with, maybe don't agree with some of the ideas that they're bringing in, or they're trying to get on social media and picking up all of these ideas and don't know how to implement all of them. And like, what kind of advice would you give to a teacher like that who's just starting out and is trying to find their way? You know, when I present, I present a lot about around the research of self-efficacy. And the reality is that self-efficacy is the belief we have in ourselves that we can make something happen. And the reality is the research shows us that we do not feel efficacious in every single part of our lives, every single part of our career. So, you have to sort of let yourself off the hook and look at the strengths-based model and say, these are some of the things that I'm good at. And that it doesn't matter if the other teachers in the, you know, in the classroom across the hall from you are doing what you are doing. What matters is the impact you are having on your kids. I mean, I work with John Hattie and John says a lot about, I don't care about the strategy you're using. I, I care about the impact. 
look at the impact you're having on students. And when it comes to seeing all of these great ideas, choose one. Don't try to do them all because if you try to do them all, you just don't have the capacity to be able to do it right now. And just take that one and start building on it. But for me, it's also to make sure that we're always looking at, regardless of what you're doing in the classroom, whatever, wherever you start, understand the impact you're having on students. Is it a positive impact? Are they learning? Are they showing growth? And Peter, you know, I think you touched on something, how it's, it's easy to be hard on ourselves. M- Mandy and I have talked about this a little bit, and I think even though this show is about self-doubt and trying to decrease it or maybe handle it better, I think... A little bit of self-doubt is inevitable and it's going to happen. And I think that if if I'm making any sense here, we get upset at ourselves when we doubt ourselves. We see all these motivational posters, we watch videos, we listen to music, we pump ourselves up. But when we're out there taking chances, taking steps, trying new things, well, it makes sense that we're going to doubt ourselves a little bit and that's okay. Mandy, you talked about this earlier. You had a quote, and I don't know if you remember, but you were talking about a quote that has to do with self-doubt and how sometimes it's okay. Yeah, so a quote that I had found that that's a little bit related to self-doubt is courage is not the absence of fear, but the mastery of it. And that's by mm-hmm. Thomas S. Monson. But I, I really loved that quote because I've I've often talked about I, I work with this one teacher who she's she's amazing and she's very complimentary and will say things to me like, I love how you did blank. I wish that I, I wish I could do that. You know, how, how are you always doing this, these things? And I say, it's not because I'm afraid. Sometimes I am scared as hell to try something new. That, mm-hmm. that is not at all what it is. It's the fact that I've realized that I have that fear and I need to do it anyway. And so mm-hmm. that quote really reminded me of that, that sometimes there are times that I'm afraid all the time, um, yeah. but I know what I need to do. And, and that has been, I guess, my mastery of that fear. So, you know, it has, has to do with self-doubt and just in the way that I, how I deal with my self-doubt, I guess, is that I, I still have it. There's just in some ways I've, I've mastered it. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point because the reality is, and John, you said this earlier too, if I didn't have moments of self-doubt, it means that I wasn't trying to grow. So I think you know, not letting it prevent you from moving forward is what's going to be most important because we all have it. You know, I think that right there is a perfect place to wrap this up. Peter, Mandy, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on Teacher's Aid today. Thank you for your attention. And remember to always put your own mask on first before helping others, before Before helping helping others, others, before helping others, before helping others. You've been listening to Teacher's Aid, social and emotional support for the very personal challenges teachers face. Thanks for listening. This episode of Teacher's Aid is sponsored by the Flipped Learning Global Initiative at flglobal.org community. Take a look, see how we can help.